Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Well, there have been a number of things taking place in the political realm, not only by the government, but by the citizens. And this is uh, the activities the other day with regard to the 17-minute walkout in high schools. It points up why those who were using that, promoting that, the Nancy Pelosi's and so forth, why they and why such vilified, hated, despised Republicans, mainstream Republicans as Richard Milhouse Nixon, why they brought about the vote for teenagers, for 18-year-olds. It goes right in step with the plans and purposes of those who have plotted and conspired. I know conspiracy is such a dirty word. (laughs) Conspiracy goes back to antiquity, but why they have focused on the young in their conspirings. Not that they exclude any age groups, but prime focus has been on the young. It was by Hitler. It was by Stalin, Mao, and every great destroyer that there's been. has been a recognition that it is easier ever so much easier to manipulate the young. Conversely, they can be molded for good. But the reason that the vote for teenagers came into existence was those behind the scenes wanting to further the accomplishment of their agenda. And they used the likes of Richard Milhouse Nixon, played to his vanity. I absolutely, totally understand, or at least agree with, empathize with, sympathize with the young people standing up to be counted to express their horror and staunch opposition to murderous, hellish, satanic violence being perpetrated in public schools and elsewhere. As far as putting the blame On firearms and freedom to possess firearms, I would say that's misplaced, as is shown around the world in places such as Great Britain and the British Commonwealth nations that have banned weaponry of the firearm category. And yet decades later, teenagers 
as in gang members, thugs, destroyers, young destroyers, have possession of firearms, including machine guns and what have you. But I don't blame them for making this effort. I do blame those such as the Nancy Pelosi's who manipulate this to their ends. The Dianne Feinsteins and Nancy Pelosi's and all of their ilk. But while these things are going on here at home, which are in fact being orchestrated and manipulated to disarm the American people, to weaken the American people, to prevent the American people from protecting themselves from destroyers, whether those are domestic or foreign. While those things are going on, then our commander-in-chief, El Presidente, the tweeter-in-chief, has been up to a number of things. Now, I take a less-than-believing view regarding this coming summit between United States President Donald Trump and the vicious, ruthless, sadistic, murderer, destroyer, communist Kim Jong-un. I take a dim view of it for a number of reasons, such as it elevates this destroyer. It confers respectability upon he and his ruthless, vicious, sadistic, monstrously murderous, mass murderous regime. He, his father before him, his father before him, have murdered millions. They've used all manner of methodology, including mass starvation, as Hitler did, as Stalin did, as has been done in Ethiopia by the communists and the Islamists and in other places, Eritrea and so forth. But I can't help but wonder whether perchance this is a little bit akin to a new spin on that the tail wagging the dog, if you recall some time back with regard to that scenario, that this takes attention 
away from other things. This big bombshell news, this peace-seeking siding with the evil. Now, after formally announcing this would take place, then the White House walked it back and conditioned it and gave provisos and so forth. So they've qualified it as if perhaps then it won't take place. And this seemingly is to be able to use some manner of leverage on Kim. But if it is not a new version, a new take, a new spin on the tail wagging the dog, then I think it is likely akin to dear old George W.'s so-called charm offenses. Do you remember those by any chance? Remember his affinity for Vladimir Putin. Remember how he looked him in the eye and he got this read on the soul of Putin. He saw into Putin's soul, saw he was a good man, and so on and so forth. Well, George W. Bush thought that he just had the greatest charm in the world, and he could charm anybody. You do not charm destroyers. This is akin to snake charming. You do not win evil over to good by schmoozing with them, by whining and dining them doesn't work that way. And in fact, of course, we have very recent witness to that in the form of various different assassinations carried out by the Soviet Union's successor, Russian Federation, under Vladimir Putin. The KGB's Man in the Kremlin. Well, they've got lots of men in the Kremlin, but he is their man. Whatever title you want to give the state police by in Russia, whether it is FSB or KGB or perhaps prefer to use a, another acronym like uh, GRU, but he represents the state police, this enormous security apparatus that owns the presidency of Russia. But he's not a puppet of them. They are his instrument. They being the Manpower, the collective manpower, woman power, machinery of the secret police, state police. And they answer to him, they take their orders from him, their marching orders from him, and they have total control 
of the Russian Federation. They have eliminated free speech, the free press. And as I mentioned in the previous program, while Vladimir Putin has not annihilated vast multitudes of people during his time in office, which I believe is 17 years all told so far, he has, clearly has, made very targeted attacks. Whether those attacks were individuals, such as the Russian former spy who was assassinated a week ago, a week plus, his 30-year-old daughter also was murdered. Police were also gravely affected. This took place in England. The year prior to that, his son died mysteriously. That is, he was murdered in Russia which is where his daughter lived, and she had come to England to visit her father. At the time that he was assassinated on the 4th of March, they were assassinated. In addition to individuals, there have been larger numbers of people. But among the individuals, they have included significantly large numbers of investigative journalists. 34 was the count that I saw as of a while back. 34 carefully targeted political assassinations of journalists. Do you imagine that doesn't have a chilling effect? on journalism, on free speech. But in addition to that, Vladimir Putin's state police took over the mass media. Literally commandeered the free press and mass media from oligarchs and such. Ran them out of town, terrorized them, Famously imprisoned some in Siberia after putting them through show trials. And the claim is always fraud, 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 fraud. Well, there's nobody who is more involved in the fraudulent financial dealings in Russia than its leader. As far as these various assassinations, though, usually those involving individuals have seemingly been spurred by either their investigations into corrupt activities 
of the president and his regime or and, you know, getting dangerously close to unearthing juicy details or others such as Litvinenko who have blamed assassinations on Putin or who have said scathingly denouncing and insulting, embarrassing things about Vladimir Putin. But Vladimir Putin has reached out and touched others. And there's always plausible deniability to some degree, to some faint, small, minute degree. And yet all paths lead to his door with regard to all of these various crimes. And whether you view it as a police state or a mafia state or what have you, or a fascist state, it is a totalitarian regime, a dictatorship. Well, so is North Korea, but North Korea is comparatively penny-ante. Despite its million-man-plus military and its extremely large submarine force, and now it's coming of age with regard to nuclear weaponry and intercontinental ballistic missiles, ish, ish. Still in all, it is small fries, small potatoes. I've seen stories, in essence, mocking the idea of Putin having people assassinated as far as using various methods which do not involve firearms, interestingly enough. They do not involve knives. <laughs> Instead involve poisons administered in food, drink, and or by a poison pen or a poison-tipped umbrella. Poison pen just happens to be the favored means in the past employed by the North Korean regime. It has been used against South Korean pastors operating along the border of China, assisting those who are escaping North Korea. The more high profile, the more recognized these various evangelists and pastors are, the greater danger they've been. In and any number have been assassinated by dear old Kim Jong-un and his father before him. But North Korea is a tool of Vladimir Putin. 
Well, what does that matter? What is the significance of that, really? It's just this. It's that while enemies domestic continue to tear down the United States of America in every way, shape, and form, to corrupt it, to pervert it, to degrade it, to defile it, and to disarm it. Those around the world who are, who have been, who continue to be, who are committed to overthrowing free governments, and chiefly the United States of America, which has, in fact, propped up the free governments of the world by its existence, by its might, by its power. Those who are bent on the violent overthrow of this nation take very careful note of the continuing devolution of this nation. That's not to say that they are directly responsible for it, but they certainly are cheering in the wings. And they view the increasing corruption and perversity in this nation as evidence of the frailty of this nation. It changes their perspective of this nation. That is dangerous. You know, it's recognized in sports, in professional sports, especially You could include collegiate and so forth, but that when the teams that are supposed to be the powerhouses, when they suffer losses to lesser teams and or to comparative unknowns, everybody takes notice whether this happens to be in football or baseball or other sports, everybody sits up and takes notice. This is the way to defeat them. We will use this as a blueprint for defeating this team, whether it's defeating the New England Patriots, whether it's defeating the New York Yankees, whomever. This is the way to do it. This is their Achilles heel. This is what works against them. And while that specifically takes place, then there is the more general view that this team or this individual is vulnerable. So that when a very elite tennis champion is defeated 
by a comparative unknown, not one of the top three or top four, but somebody ranked 50th or 100th or 150th. All of the competitors of that tennis champion sit up and take notice. And for one thing, they view this champion as no longer being undefeatable. No longer being impervious to their attacks. Being within reach. It being possible they may be able to overcome this champion the same way this person did. This person who has lost to that champion 10 times in a row or 12 times in a row, or who defeated them their first try, even though they're only ranked a lowly 200th or 150th. It emboldens the others, and it provides a blueprint for how to attack. The corruption and the perversion, the degradation, the degrading, the defilement, the undermining of moral authority, of righteousness, of decency, of goodness, of godliness that has taken place now for decades and continues to with ever-increasing ferocity and success emboldens the enemies of the United States of America. It emboldens those within the nation. It encourages them tremendously. And it emboldens those without. The enemies foreign, as well as the enemies domestic. Now, North Korea is not going to overthrow the United States of America. But I fully expect it will play a role while being used by Vladimir Putin's Russian regime and Xi Jinping's communist Chinese regime. World War II was waged by individual heinous regimes fighting in different parts of the world, but who also linked arms, formed alliances, you know, those vast coalitions. And they were ultimately defeated by a vast coalition, but the vast coalition that defeated them was made up not only of the good, if you will, the free, the United States of America and Great Britain and such, but also the monstrous, vicious, ruthless Soviet regime, the head of which, Stalin, actually slaughtered 
more than twice as many. In his regime, under his control, than Hitler did under his. Now, that's not counting all of the millions that died during World War II outside of their control in actual warfare and friendly fire and citizens who died. But just confining it to those who were slaughtered in the concentration camps in Nazi Germany, in the areas it controlled, such as Poland, in Russia, under the Soviet regime, and all of its concentration camps, and all of those who were slaughtered without being sent to a concentration camp. It was Nazi Germany. It was fascist, if you will, Japan, nationalist Japan, Hirohito's Japan. And it was Mussolini's fascist Italy. Adolf Hitler held on to his very, very, very close intimate alliance with Franco's Spanish regime and kept it as his wild card for fleeing. And he plotted for more than two years about how to flee safely, flee to safety and continue his evil plans. Yes, these great destroyers, they always take very, very good care of themselves. While he's patting the heads of some poor 12, 13, 14-year-old boys there in Berlin. It was immediately before he made his escape. Whether Eva Braun was murdered in the bunker, as she probably was, or whether he took her along. Remains to be seen. But for us to kid ourselves, to imagine that we can become buddies and friends with the evil, with the vicious destroyers, is idiocy. Things don't work that way. The evil ones, I hesitate to say respect but I'm going to use that word for lack of a better one. They respect strength. They respect force. Whether that happens to be the former Roman Empire, which despised weakness, despised kindness, despised charity, despised love, evidenced by Christians, and viewed it as Not only weakness, but as proof of inferiority. So too, the Hitlers, the Stalins, the Kims, the Maos, 
the Jinpings. That's how they are. And it's true of thugs and gangsters. It's true of mass murderers, serial murderers, and what have you. No charm offensive. No amount of schmoozing and whining and dining is going to make one iota of difference except to cause these various ones to view those who are trying to get on their good side, to view them as being idiots, view them as being utterly incompetent, view them as being weak. Vladimir Putin viewed Barack Hussein Obama as being weak. He had a different take on Hillary Rodham Clinton and Bill because he was acutely aware of their viciousness, their ruthlessness, their murderousness, and the body count left in their wake. Which is why he had to prefer Donald Trump. Donald Trump, who is so wise that he has a very, very, very close personal aide here for years, who has now been fired, was just fired, who is 27 years of age. He looks somewhere between 37 and 47, as far as I'm concerned, but he's 27. Maybe a very smart guy. I don't question he's smart, but he's been fired and he's under investigation right now on some serious charges. This idea that governments should, in point of fact, be run by, be controlled by very young people is, I think, a very, very foolish thing. I base that, among other things, on the Bible, on what God says concerning that, about these nations being ruled by women and youths. But on Capitol Hill, while the representatives, the members of the House of Representatives, change here and there from time to time, some stay there for decades, but others change. (laughs) U.S. senators, some stay there for decades, others change. Their staffs are routinely controlled by very young people. And if the member, the representative, the senator loses their seat, they just jump over to another one. Or they're employed by the one that's taken their place. And no matter how conservative this new member of the House of Representatives or this new U.S. senator is supposed to be, 
more likely than not, their staffs are anything but. Yes, they will bring, you know, some along with them from their campaign, but they invariably make use of some experienced young guns who do not hold whatever convictions and views they happen to hold. And again, so many of these new representatives, new senators, in fact, are severely lacking in what convictions they have or they hold. Before I go further, let me just say I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is good, praiseworthy, useful about this program is thanks to God Almighty and His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever's wrong, lacking, and so forth is my doing. Well, the man credited with bringing Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un together for a powwow, even though they haven't come together yet, but the one given credit for that, and I think the one, one of many who should be blamed for that, chiefly President Donald Trump should be blamed for that, for this idiocy, for this extremely... Unwise, reckless action, foolish action. But one being given credit for it is South Korean President Moon Jae-in. So if all manner of wonderful things take place as the result of this, then he certainly should receive some credit. But. You know, perhaps you are shocked, whatever, about this Stormy Daniels chapter, and it's going to blow over, it's whatever. I, what part of this surprises you? I mean, is there something shocking or revelatory or surprising about it, really? I, I just... I, I totally get the loyal opposition making as much hay of this as they can. But the idea that there is so, that somehow this is astonishing or breaking news or what have you is, I think, absurd. And poor, honest, decent, good-hearted Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Hope I've got her name right. Daughter of Mike Huckabee. Talk about being caught between a rock and a hard place, huh? Talk about having an impossible job. (sighs) And, of course, her boss is apparently upset with her over her failing to magically negotiate her way through the mess that he 
seemingly caused, but... Now, the royals of Great Britain are celebrities, celebrity ribbon cutters and so forth, but... It's entirely possible that we will have, during our, life, our lifetimes, your lifetimes probably longer than mine, but during our lifetimes, we will probably get to see some royals, some monarchs, who actually wield some power. If we do, they will not be wielding it for good. And I base that on the Bible. But when it refers to kings being involved in ruling and reigning within the context of the next, last, great regime, which will be the only worldwide Soul world superpower in history. When it speaks of these kings, in likelihood, in great likelihood, none of them will be officially kings. They may be called presidents while they are, in fact, dictators. But whatever they're called, whether they're called secretaries, or chairmen, or presidents, or secretary generals, or kings, and queens, and what have you, princes, whatever they're called is irrelevant. These are destroyers who are committed, dedicated to enslaving the world, to annihilating a great many people, the majority of people, absolutely including Christians, all Christians and Jews, which doesn't mean that there couldn't be, you know, a card-carrying Jew in the group. There certainly could be. You know, the Henry Kissingers and so forth. But... The plans, the purposes have been in place way before any of us was alive. And this agenda has been passed down to those who will pick up the torch. You know, it's like the Olympics. And they pass that torch along. Imagine, if you can, dedicating your life to enslaving and destroying the world and realizing that you're not going to live to see that and you do everything in your power to bring that about but you're not going to live long enough so you raise up these others to do that in your place. Imagine that. Well, 
you know, for most of us, that's unthinkable. It's ridiculous. People don't think like that. People don't act like that. That's obviously some absolutely addled conspiratorial thinking. But in point of fact, it's what has been going on for generations and continues to go on. But at some point in time, those who are in the catbird seat, those who are in the driver's seat, who feel sufficiently strong, powerful, mighty, and superior, and who are concerned that they might die without ever having accomplished this, imagine them being compelled to act while they can still enjoy it. You know, supposedly, supposedly Vladimir Putin will never use nuclear weaponry because it would be purportedly suicidal. Really? Well, I take issue with that personally. You know, the Kremlin, the Moscow Kremlin, means fortress inside a city. And the word Kremlin is used commonly to refer to the government of the Russian Federation. But Kremlin actually means fortress inside a city. Russia is the largest nation, country on the face of the world by a lot. (laughs) I've lost track of how many time zones it has. It's at least five, at least five time zones. But I'm thinking it's more than that. Thinking it's seven. Uh, Probably wrong. But it's a massive place. And under Vladimir Putin's leadership, there have been enormous endeavors, efforts to mine out underground fortifications. And Vladimir Putin is not a sentimental fellow. He's just not. Whether it means blowing up apartment buildings in the middle of the night to terrify the people and to be able to blame it on some foe in order to be able to take over some nation. He's only too willing to do that. He gets this. He gets this playbook from Hitler. And Hitler got his playbook from others, even even from lowly Mussolini, who got his from a mentor, if you will, there in fascist Italy. But blowing up commercial airliners over Ukraine and so forth. 
in order to blame these things on others, in order to terrorize, terrify, in order to strengthen his power, in order to give himself the opportunity to seize powers that were not his. And other such things. Any variety of things have been laid to his charge. And even if they're not all due to him, rest assured, a great many are. There is the vicious, satanic persecution of Christians in communist China, as is true in North Korea. It doesn't stop at the border between North Korea and China. It pervades communist China. And yet, communist China has hosted the Beijing Summer Olympics, and now it's going to have this Beijing Winter Olympics. We confer these honors on the most vicious, ruthless regimes. You know, back when... Berlin hosted the Olympics. This is before, before Hitler's Third Reich had committed the monstrosities that it committed. But with communist China, it's after, not before, it's after and during. Just to reflect back on this, that the the sportscasters, the commentators, the color announcers for the Olympics, they waxed eloquent and just oohed and awed about the, the wonder of this, about North Korea and South Korea seemingly coming together. when nothing could have been further from the truth. Yes, South Korea was unilaterally trying to bring this about, holding out the proverbial olive branch, doing everything in its power, courtesy of President Moon Jae-in, to try to further this peace agenda. But Kim Jong-un, His motives, those of his sister, their actions were focused on something entirely, diametrically opposite. And that was a stealth campaign to further their opportunity to violently overthrow South Korea. And now our wise and wonderful president is apparently going to get together with Kim Jong-un. And I trust his sister will also grace that. Uh, perhaps only spending time with Melania, and, uh, but more likely with the Donald as well. This nation 
its freedom depends upon strength, godliness, righteousness, morality, honorability, not vileness, lewdness, profaneness. Just to pick on Home and Garden TV here for a minute. Have you seen their wonderful commercial? It is a wonderful commercial. And it says, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the world I'm coming home. For all the reasons that HGTV means home. And it's sung beautifully. But lo and behold, it very, very carefully conceals the agenda of Home and Garden Television to promote the anti-family sodomite agenda. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.